Hello and welcome to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live with your host, Stephanie. And Derek J. And Jason. Excellent. So I'm not sure if we're on the air right now, but I'm going to pretend like we are and check it out maybe at the next convenient opportunity. Uh, Ian and Mark are the normal hosts of Free Talk Live, but tonight they're actually away at a business conference doing some business development for Free Talk Live. And so they graciously asked us to host the show for them. And I'm so happy to be here with you gentlemen tonight. Uh, It looks like we are off the air. So I'm going to check that out. So would you gentlemen? um, Yes. Oh, we're back on. Great. Hello and welcome to Free Talk Live. (laughs) It's a little bit of a rough start. This always happens when Ian and Mark go away. I'm your host, Stephanie, in case you're just tuning in. This is Derek J. And Jason Talley. Yes. And uh, I'd like to reiterate, thank you gentlemen for being on the show with me tonight. I'm so excited to be here. We've got a lot to talk about, but I want to let you all know that this is a show where you can call in and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything that's on your mind at 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. That's our SACL CAI toll-free call-in line. And I think we're going to start off the show by talking about some kind of local news, right? We we all are here in New Hampshire, where we're broadcasting the show from tonight uh, in Key, New Hampshire. We are part of a community of people who love freedom and liberty and are not just loving it, but living it, right? We're getting active for more freedom in our lifetimes. That's right. And uh, I moved here about five years ago as a participant in the Free State Project. And uh, Derek, you just moved here recently, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, just over six months ago, I, I decided to move up to the Shire for more freedom and to carve out a place of freedom in my lifetime. And for me, it's been about two years. Wow. Well, that's great. And I know a lot has happened in just uh, the last couple of years, and certainly a lot has happened since I moved here about five years ago. But as part of this process of kind of trying to get more freedom in our lifetimes, people kind of approach that in all different kinds of ways. Some people try to work within the political system, and uh, some people kind of do outreach and try to talk about the ideas of freedom. And uh, I'm sure we'll be doing a lot of that tonight. But some people also participate in something else, which is civil disobedience. Uh, So I think this is an interesting topic to a lot of people because, you know, I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of people who listen to this show who are kind of just hanging back, waiting in the sidelines and, you know, watching and waiting to see what happens. And the people who do civil disobedience get talked talked about a lot and covered on the blogs and, and the pro-liberty media, and even the mainstream media. Uh, I know there are articles from Cop Block, our friends over there, that get picked up by a lot of mainstream um, outlets in New Hampshire, as well as Free Keen is a very prominent pro-liberty blog here in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. But, you know, all these news sources are featuring people doing civil disobedience here in New Hampshire. It gets a lot of attention. And there's been some kind of uh, civil disobedience going on very recently that I would like to take the time to highlight tonight. And some of you may know our Friday night uh, co-host or previous uh, Friday night co-host, Michelle, um, who has been on Free Talk Live for um, about a year now, I would say. Yeah. And she moved to New Hampshire about two years ago, uh, about yep. the same time with the Liberty Forum. Yeah. So she came around the, about the same time you did, Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, so Michelle has been, well, in some trouble, I guess, with the law, <laughs> yep. if you could even call it that. I, she hasn't hurt anyone. She hasn't been violent. She hasn't taken anyone's property. She really hasn't done anything wrong, in my opinion, but um, she has refused to register her car, 
right, or her truck right. and right. her boat and has incurred several tickets as a result of that. And I think that Michelle, you know, um, she's talked about her philosophy a lot on the show and she really feels strongly that I wish she was here to speak for herself, but I'm kind of trying to talk about this a little bit for her if I can. You know, I think she feels really strongly that uh, humans have no obligation to register their means of transportation with the government. It's kind of a basic human right and a kind of a fundamental thing uh, about human freedom that people should be able to move around freely without restrictions. And so she has, as such, refused to pay the government for permission to drive her vehicles. Now, she likes to say that she's a very safe driver and that she teaches her children uh, above and beyond what the government requires in terms of uh, driving lessons. And I'm sure he, she holds herself to those kind of standards too. But right now she's in jail because she has incurred these fines uh, yeah. as a result of not registering her, her vehicles well, and Der- she's Der- refused to pay. Derek and I uh, drove with her to uh, Occupy Wall Street and uh, she was a safe driver and uh, very, very courteous. Um, totally safe. And I think it's, uh, I, I don't know, it's... It's an outrage that uh, what they're doing to her. She hasn't hurt anybody. She plays. She pays plenty of money to drive on the roads with the uh, the gasoline tax. It's just uh, a state that wants uh, everybody to have their property numbered and, and registered with them. Right. And I think what you just touched on, Tally, is the most important part is that she already pays for the services that uh, the government might claim she's she's stealing by not paying for registration on top of things uh, because mm-hmm. she pays. Uh, tax to the federal government and the state every time she puts gas in her tank we all do so sure i i think uh it's it's important to show that she's already paid this organization that is now caging her using her money to put her in a cage yeah you know i I don't know about you gentlemen but i i really feel strongly that roads are a valuable thing that a lot of people would like to use even if there were no government to lay those roads down um, but I think that that vital service and that need could be met in other ways besides uh, forcing people to pay for it and uh, taking their money from them and using it in the way that the government sees fit, which often includes a, a lot of inefficiencies, right? And and we already mentioned the mechanism of how they get that money. So I think that there are lots of other options for how we could get that service without coercing people into paying for it. And I, I'd like to talk about that a little bit more. But give me a quick rundown, Jason. You were there today, right? And Derek, were you there too? I was, yes. Okay, so you gentlemen were both there when you went to jail. I had I had kind of a day job, so I was not there. But mm-hmm. I want to hear about what happened today. So can you give me a little clue? <laughs> well, sure. Um, Michelle rolled up. There was already about... Uh, Eight to ten people that uh, that were there, and um, Michelle rolled up, and you know she looked like she had been crying a little bit, um, but uh, you know yeah, she was. I bet it's really tough to deal with the fact that your um, basically your autonomy is not being respected. You're being put somewhere against your will. That's right. hard. Right, and it w- it must have been tougher for her to walk in in this situation because she. Uh, had been sick earlier this morning. She oh. she hadn't been feeling well. Uh, on top of it, she has you know some of her own uh, health concerns. So, um, and I I bet that sitting in a cold jail cell is not really the best way to get greater health. No, it's not <laughs> conducive to a, a healthy life. Uh, yeah, you know, sitting in in cold and um, having a room where the lights never go off at night is is not going to help her uh, right. body heal. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, there's no pad. There's just a, a cement. Uh, platform for her to sit and sleep and you, on. You gentlemen have both been in the same jail, and so you know exactly what it's like. 
Yep. So you could probably really yeah. relate to her on that about why she was so disappointed about going in there. So, but so she came up to the jail and she was visibly upset. And uh, so, what happened after that? So, um, you know, she was kind enough to uh, talk to uh, to myself and Derek on video and just kind of get her thoughts. And then, uh, you know, she uh, hugged the supporters and talked with them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, we kind of moseyed our way in. Uh, we tried to get in the front lobby area, but they said that uh, she would have to go to another door um, for booking. And they just buzzed her in, two doors. She opened them herself. And uh, as Michelle was looking through the glass window where she would be, um, where they would, they would await her, there was a female guard putting on blue gloves. Oh, oh that sounds very ominous. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't like where that's going. Yeah. She even mouthed uh, that sentence. Uh, out the window when when she saw that happening, she um, said "ouch" or so, something to that effect. Uh, no, she she said there's a woman putting on gloves. Oh, right. oh. We, we couldn't see it. This is just what Michelle told us. I see. So, gotcha. um, so yes, she's going to be there for uh, one for or two weekend. days, and she is talking about not processing. Yeah, I heard her say that she was not planning on processing, and she was also planning to fast the entire time. They won't bring you food right. anyway if you don't process, or at least right. they told me that uh, they they wouldn't bring me food. You know, I think so much of that with the food is just uh, kind of a scare tactic. I remember looking into this when... Uh, one of the times when Pete Eyre was arrested in Keene and he was uh, refusing to process or refusing to eat or something, and they threatened to actually force feed him and hook him up to an IV. All around the world, people are achieving success and making their dreams come true. You can be one of them. Whether it's wealth, happiness, business, or relationships, the only thing keeping you from achieving your goals is the desire to be successful and the know-how to achieve it. At allsuccessclub.com, you'll find the information you need to succeed from those who've already achieved it. Set your life on the path to success now at allsuccessclub.com. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. With you tonight, it's Stephanie and Derek J. And Jason. And we are so happy to be here taking your calls tonight. Free Talk Live is the show where you can take control of the airwaves. Call 855-450-3733. That is 855-450-FREE if you would like to weigh in on this conversation with your thoughts. Do want to let you know that we are kind of filling in tonight for the normal hosts of Free Talk Live who are Ian and Mark. They're away at a talk radio convention and... Oops, I made a little mistake in the last segment. I had a button press that shouldn't have been pressed, so I couldn't hear the background music. But that issue is all fixed now. We're on the air. We're good to go. And we're taking your calls, talking about whatever's on your mind, like I mentioned before. So in the last segment, gentlemen, we were kind of talking about the Friday night co-host of uh, Free Talk Live, Michelle, going to jail in over something that uh, I think it's really difficult to argue that she should be caged for, right? Which is refusing to register her vehicles, driving around perfectly safely, not harming another person, uh, but not paying the state for the privilege of doing so. And I would like to ask the audience, you know, to play devil's advocate, or maybe they think that uh, people should be put in cages if they desire to drive around without paying the state for the pleasure of doing so. Call us 855-450-FREE if you have thoughts on this. But, you know, I I want to ask you, gentlemen, do you think that there are good reasons for people identifying themselves in their cars? Do you think that there are valid reasons for that outside of the government paradigm? 
On a private road, absolutely, because you need uh, to be able to bill people mm-hmm. or how, however it's paid. So I, I, I can understand why a property owner would want uh, pe- to know who's driving on the roads. But uh, for a government that uh, where you don't really have a choice, um, I don't, uh, I don't like that idea. I don't like the idea of like centralized databases. I don't like how they perform their services at the DMV. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, who likes the DMV, yeah. really? Yeah, so, I don't like, think I've ever had a good experience with them. So Michelle just skipped that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something I want to say about Michelle, um, she is also, she doesn't believe in paying uh, the state for their war, their Correct. warfare, their police state. Uh, she has a lot of problems with the, what the government does uh, with the tax dollars. And so she t- tries to deny them as, as much money as possible, mm-hmm. a- including not paying a fine. She could have just paid the state um, instead of going to the cage, but she decided to do the time instead. Uh, about your question about anonymity on the road, I definitely uh, support people identifying themselves on the road, but as long as it's going to be a government road, um, you know, I, I would hope that people would keep their an- anonymity. One of the uh, things I think would be different about a private road is probably the license plate would be able to identify you, not just to police, but to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the people up here in the Shire who have private plates use their phone number, yeah. which I think is, is a great way to It's, it's interesting. <laughs> you know, if someone I don't know if off, I would want to drive around with my phone number on my car, but... <laughs> well, I, I think it's a... It's more identification than even the state asks for. Yes. And so I'm saying... So that just proves that they don't have a problem with identifying themselves. It's just being kind of forced into the system where they have to go through the DMV and they have to pay the state the fees for things that they may disagree with. And, you know, who knows what they're using that money for is, is the thing that's objectionable. Exactly. And the private uh, market, these people have voluntarily put more information about themselves available to everyone on the road mm-hmm. rather than what the state asks for, which is just identification for them. They're they're the only ones who can scan a license plate and know who you are. Um, So I I find uh, anonymity on government roads to be a virtue, but uh, on private land, I would agree with Tally. Yeah, and I, I think it's really interesting, Jason. You made a really interesting point on last night's edition of Free Talk Live, which I was listening to. You said something about social networking, and I think, you know, in this age... Technology is setting us free, bringing us closer together, and people often look at it as a double-edged sword because there are certain people who really like privacy and they they really want to keep that and be anonymous and uh, and uh, work within that kind of framework. But you know, um, I think with technology, it can have the capacity to identify people, but they're not really forced to give all of their information, right? It, it has this more voluntary feel to it. Like Jason, you said, for instance, Twitter has a verified uh, system where they can verify certain accounts that they are coming from the person who says that they are tweeting, right? Right, yeah. They use it for like celebrities and politicians now, but mm-hmm. there's no reason why that couldn't be a premium service. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, I'm just thinking of, uh, I do some reviews on Amazon.com because I buy a lot of products there. And by the way, if you're interested in helping Free Talk Live, you can go to shop.freetalklive.com and enter Amazon through their portal and they're going to get a cut. It won't affect your purchase price, but you're helping Free Talk Live a little bit every time you buy something. Um, But, you know, I go to that website quite often to buy things. Uh, It's very convenient. It saves me the trouble of leaving the house when I have to get certain items. And who knows if I go to the store, if they'll actually have it. So Amazon makes my life better in a lot of different ways, despite my disagreements with what they did with denying WikiLeaks, the the payments and all that kind of stuff. Oh, right. Here, here. Yeah. But um, 
Anyway, I was going to say that I, I write reviews for products sometimes on Amazon, and you don't have to give all of your information. You can kind of use your initials, or you can use just certain information about yourself. So whatever not, you're comfortable with, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's it's like it's not like you're telling your whole life story or being interrogated in any way. It's just that you know you're giving your readers a little bit of information to connect with you on, and it can be verified by the company uh, to give you a little bit of extra credibility. So. I don't think it's always uh, this, this interrogation. You know, people who, who really like privacy often are very scared of giving up info because they don't know what the other person is going to do with it. You know what I mean? Right. Or or if those people m- might um, come track you down and try and steal your property, as in the case of some police, right? Like yeah. Michelle's valid concerns. Mm-hmm. They, well, her this- captors went after her on the water, I believe. On the water, yeah, because she was driving a boat, actually, there and the boat no ex- was unregistered. No escape. No. Uh, but as far, yeah, I try to um, let people know my name. I, 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 I'll I offer my name. Uh, my phone number is 678-TALLY-TV. Um, <laughs> I like and, it. And I'll, I'll, officers, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to that. So, <laughs> so um, but anyway, like the sheriff deputy, I was, I was re- repeat, sorry, I was reading a report that they filed uh, for my recent arrest for filming in a court lobby. Yes. And uh, the officer said, oh, when he heard my name, he knew of Tally TV. And so he looked up my photo there so that he could identify oh. me. Oh, you're famous. So, well, you know, that's an interesting case of the state kind of using that uh, publicness, I guess, of your of your personality against you. However, I think that oftentimes, uh, and I've really changed my views on this over the last few years, I think that oftentimes the more public we are about our information, we're not doing anything wrong. We're just living the ideas of liberty. The safer we are. Really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Share is, <laughs> I, that's how I feel about it. So when the cops uh, turn away and, and don't want to have a conversation uh, when a video is rolling is is the same indication to me that uh, living my life in the opposite way is, is really the, the good thing to do, um, to be as open about what I'm doing as possible since I'm not hurting anyone. It's only going to protect me, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And so I see some uh, people like wear the V mask, and and I don't care for that. I what yeah, I, I what either. I do like is for people to you know use their name and their who they are as a person and um, you know, speak out about the ideas of liberty, peace, justice. Um, yeah, and I just mean, connect with people that way. I don't know about you, gentlemen, but I'm very proud of those ideas, right? I mean, I, I've spent a lot of time thinking them over in my head and working them out. And, you know, I'm proud that I have a consistent, coherent philosophy that makes sense to me, and I want to share it with other people. So I think that's helped me be a lot more public uh, lately. Absolutely. Free Talk Live, you can call in with your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. Do have a call on the line. We're going to see what they have to say about unlicensed drivers, (laughs) private roads. Stick around. This is Free Talk Live. We'll be right back. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855 to get vapor or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Talk Live. Welcome back to the show, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm your host, Stephanie. And Derek J. And Jason. 
Exactly. And I do need to let you know about something important. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins are a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. They're basically cash for the internet. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Weusecoins.org. And I do want to let you all know about uh, Jason's project. Uh, he was mentioning it in the last segment. He uh, uh, operates the website tally.tv. Isn't that right, Jason? That's right. T-A-L-L-E-Y. So the revolution will be televised, I guess. <laughs> evolution. <laughs> the evolution, right. Yes, I prefer <laughs> that term as well. <laughs> yeah, when we uh, mention evolution, it's about the fact that we want people to stop using violence against one another, especially institutionalized violence like the state. Yeah, so I think um, it's time to evolve past that point, right? Yeah, and, and to me, uh, ev- uh, sorry, uh, revolution sounds a li- little bit violent, and uh, we're not about violence. Ah, couldn't agree more, Jason. Thank you so much for that. And I do want to go to the phones. This is the show where you can call and take control of the airwaves at eight five five four fifty free. We have A Rod in Georgia. Want to talk about licenses? A Rod, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, it, it's E Rod. E Rod, I do apologize for that. Okay. That's okay. Yeah, you guys are talking about licensing, and uh, I heard something pretty hideous uh, just this week, as a matter of fact. What was that? And uh, out here in the Atlanta area, what they are planning to do is to um, take away the licenses of high schoolers who have too many unexcused absences from school. Oh, yeah. Take away the license. And I heard that story, and I was just, like, horrified. You know, one, these are two unrelated issues completely. Oh, yeah. Unless they're trying to equate, well, you're not in school because you're out driving around. But totally two unrelated issues, and and this is what the state, you know, is is, is intending to do. Well, they and, actually and, are related, Erod. They, they're related because the state wants you to obey, right? They want your yeah. obedience, and uh, if you don't give them your obedience in one realm, you know, they're going to take away some privileges in the other. It, exactly. it really, It really just sickens me how much it resembles a domineering parent kind of punishing their child, smacking them when they do right. something wrong. And uh, I really just think that we need to move past that whole paradigm of, punishments and rewards in exchange for obedience. What do you think? Well, yeah, absolutely. And also this came from the whole, this whole idea, which they tell you this crap that, oh, driving is a privilege, <laughs> you know, and that is so much crap, you know, it, it's not a privilege, you know, it's my right to travel, you know, mm-hmm. and, but, you know, this is what happens when, you know, your people, you, you people ask for permission for the government to do things, then, well, if you ask for permission, well, they can say no, if, you know, and so yes. in this case... That's the whole know, point of having a license, right, is so they can refuse. It, well, it, well, exactly, you know, and, and also, equally, you know, just even today, tomorrow is my birthday, so, you know, I have to, so on your birthday, you know, the, the state, you know, says happy birthday to you by making you pay some money for your vehicle. So, oh, you know, no. Oh, oh that's this, awful. This, this little, you know, three quarters by one inch piece of paper you have to spend a couple hundred dollars on it, you know, just for your vehicles. So I was in the tag office just today, and so, you know, here's my paperwork. And so, um, you know, the gal behind the counter, she's a may I ask them ID, you know, and I said, well, why do you need that, you know? Well, because we just do, you know? So, well, why? Because it's our policy. Well, why is it your policy? I can go online, you don't know who I am. Right. And so by this point, she's frustrated with me, so she quickly picks up the phone and, you know, and gets her supervisor on the line, so... Mm-hmm. 
as a supervisor, I have a mm-hmm. customer here wants to know why does he have to show ID. And so, you know, I couldn't hear his end of the conversation, but she said, well, because he doesn't want to know, he doesn't want to hear the answer just because. And so basically, you know, <laughs> because I said so, that's not an answer. No, it's not an answer. Exactly, It's not an answer. So anyway, she comes back and hangs up the phone. She said, well, he said that, well, because when you're here in person, you know, we, you know, we have to, we have the liability, there's some liability issues that we have to make sure that you are who you say you are, you know, paying this because you could be anybody. And so I didn't push the issue any further than that. I could have because, number one, I'm thinking, well, who would pay mine? I mean, if somebody wants to pay my tag, they're welcome to do so. I mean, yeah, right. that it. seems a little bit you know? strange, yeah. Right, but, but, but essentially she says, you know, well, you know, this is America. We've got to do, you know, we got to do what, you know, what we're told to do. And, you know, again, I didn't hammer her, I, but it's that kind of attitude which almost makes me want to weep. I mean, it's the attitude, yeah. well, it's the law. This is, you know, this is America. We just have to do it. And a kook like me actually, ha- you know, asked a question well why you know why do i have to show id you know she's frustrated with me and and you're probably erod are one of the only people who actually has the forethought to do something like that to actually say well wait a minute why why do i need to do this instead of just following their orders thank you for introducing some critical thinking to me i I just thought it was just a simply arbitrary thing you know just well because and then at the very end she says well and so I give her my debit card. I'm paying the thing. She says, Come, you know, phone number, please. I just look at her. I don't want to give it to you, you know? I mean, but right. people, will, um, people just voluntarily just give this information so they can, you know, have their database of all this information on you. And it's just mm-hmm. so sad. And I run into people like this all the time that, you yeah. know, they never question anything. And that's why we are to, here today. And it's it really it's it's really sad and absolutely true, you know, Rod. I, I don't know what to do about it. I don't know how to read some of these people. You know, I mean, what do you I, I what do you gentlemen think? To I'm I'm going to let them jump in here. What? Well, I I just want to say I'm sorry you see it as a sad situation, Erod. I, I I can certainly understand where you're coming from, where you see all this mindless obedience, but. When when you relay this story to me, I, I see it as a happy thing because you introduced some critical thinking to these people's lives where they wouldn't have had it otherwise. I mean, they go through their humdrum lives working for the state every day. Yeah, great benefits. This is normal. Big pension. You get to retire early. Right? And they never question why they're putting these human beings who are their brothers and sisters on this planet through such hell to collect information they would otherwise have no interest in collecting. Yeah. Well, so. you know, well, th- that's a very optimistic way of looking at it. I hope that this this person actually thinks about it, but uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, you, you know? gave him an opportunity. Yep, Erod. Thank you so much for the call tonight. Yep. Good luck with that. <laughs> I think it's I think it's very telling that uh, in response to why he had to jump through all these hoops and regulations, uh, the woman's response, the woman who worked at the DMV, was, "It's America." Yeah, that, basically that. because I told you so. Only, like we said before, I mean, it's replacing the state with an overbearing parent. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, I think that it is actually really important to think about the family and the way that a lot of people's uh, families and childhoods are structured. Because when you grow up with authoritarianism like that all around you, it's no wonder that people just accept that from the state kind of 
unthinkingly. You know what I'm saying? And then the parents give the child up to go, in many cases, to a government school where it continues uh, very similar to to jail, where you have a a rigid schedule. I like to call it day prison. Day prison. Because (laughs) that's what it is. I mean, literally, he he was talking about uh, government people taking away children's licenses. Yep. Or, well, not children. They're more like teenagers, but right. teenagers who have driver's licenses uh, were getting them taken away if they didn't show up to school a certain number of arbitrary days. But just a few generations ago, they would have been full adults uh, yeah. in most people's minds. And I, I think it's uh, going to have the effect of pushing more kids out of schools, which I actually love. Oh, yeah. I, I hope that um, this uh, this is in Atlanta, I believe he said. Yeah. The, I hope that Atlanta has some of the lowest graduation rates of their public high schools in the country because of this this rule. Because well, I, I want, want to see those kids escape from those horrible prisons. I, I think we should themselves. make it clear. Yeah, exactly. Educate themselves. I mean, I think we should right. make it clear that I'm not we're, anti-education. Yeah, yeah, but there are other, like we said, other means of getting that uh, need for education met without using the state right. or sending your kids to some place where they're basically being subjected to uh, things that could hurt them all the time. Like, I, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, was it, um, we read an article also about Atlanta schools where uh, people who were immigrants, in some cases legal, in some cases so-called illegal, uh, were afraid to send their kids to school because they passed some law that said if the kids were brown or looked suspicious, then the parents could be investigated for immigration violations. Mm, well, what free- do you expect Yeah, when you send them to a government school? Exactly. Free Talk Live, more coming up. We'll take your calls, 855-450-FREE. Stick around. We'll be right back. The LC9 Centerfire Pistol, a compact, powerful 9mm pistol, perfect for personal protection. The full-featured 7-round LC9 has a 3-dot sight system, checkered grip, and smooth edges for easy holstering. Ideal for discreet carry, the LC9 is also a full-power, no-compromise backup pistol, incorporating the rugged reliability Ruger is known for. Visit Ruger.com slash LC9 or your local firearms retailer to learn more. The Ruger LC9, it's mine and it's American. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. My name is Stephanie. And Derek J. And Jason. Yeah, and we are so excited to be here with you tonight. We've been talking about a lot of interesting stuff, getting right to the root of the issues, I think, gentlemen, tonight, aren't we? Good job, team. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Nice work. Yeah. Uh, We've talked a little bit about roads, licensing. You know, these are considered tough issues for some people, I think, especially if they are new to the ideas of liberty, you know, thinking that there's sort of a conflict between uh, wanting to have transportation available and wanting to have these kind of services, but not necessarily wanting to pay for them in a coercive manner that requires people to be uh, roped into a system that maybe they perhaps disagree with. And so... Oh, go ahead. We ended on uh, education, and I wanted to make sure that the listeners knew. Um, I, I can only speak for myself, but I'm not anti-education. I'm just anti-indoctrination by these government uh, camps. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that a lot of the kids do find that they are able to leave and educate themselves on the, their own. Uh, well, we're you know, all learning all the time. That's what uh, right. I like to say, is that every time you go to Wikipedia, every time you look something up, uh, we're attaining new knowledge. You well, know? that's always my point, is that humans don't need to be forced to learn. 
humans love to learn. They they do it all the time. Yes. So if you actually look at children, like young children, they are naturally curious about everything, and they're constantly asking questions and reading and trying to find out more. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the uh, the environment of government schools is often just so stifling where yep. kids are not encouraged to question. They're not encouraged to speak up about anything. Uh, they're basically just made to be quiet and sit there. And if they're not uh, compliant with that, then they're either punished or told that they have a psychiatric disorder well, and put on drugs. That's exactly why I thought that the punishment of taking away driving from these kids spoke to how the government views its own uh, in- indoctrination system. Like, it, like it's it, their kids. Right. It doesn't matter what grades they're having or, or how much the kids are learning. It's this time served in this building is equivalent to education. Yeah. And so you're not getting enough of our indoctrination. And so you'll be punished. Yeah. It's, it's not about their grades. That was not mentioned in the law. Uh, you know, my, my dad always used to say that if you put me inside of a closet, I would learn because I was just a really curious kid. And I think that a lot of the things that I learned at the time in my life when I was going to government high school all day, I definitely learned in spite of high school and not because of it. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I would read when I was bored about things that I was interested in and all kinds of stuff like that. And I think even to this day, even though I'm a person who's had a lot of education and a lot of higher education pursuing his advanced degrees, I still learn so much just from independent research and going on the internet, reading about something that uh, interests me. And you never really know where it's going to go. It's just very interesting. Right. You know, it, it's it's exciting to learn that way. I was yeah. always so bored in, in school and some subjects that I liked I really excelled in, but if I wasn't interested in a subject, it, I just didn't care, and you, and I made like average grades uh, in those. But uh, like I, I did really well, um, surprisingly, in civics and government class and like uh, the social sciences, <laughs> right. and and I was all into that. And every morning I, I stood for the uh, the American flag, and I was oh. I was in JROTC, uh, so I'd wear wow. a uniform uh, once a, once a week to oh, uh, to man. class. Wow! And so. Yeah. Um, but, you know, back then I associated the ideas of uh, liberty with America. Mm-hmm. And so it, it happened later in my life where I discovered that what America is doing is uh, the opposite in a lot of ways to, uh, to, to, to the freedom that I'm seeking. Yeah. So. And you were in the military, right? Right. And so you kind of experienced yeah. that firsthand. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting story. And I think that, uh, you know, you said you were so bored during school, Jason, and I, I can totally relate to that. And I think that interest and attention are are not something that can ever be forced. They have to be given voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, it's the really good teachers who can elicit those things from students, maybe who didn't even know that they were interested in a particular subject. But I, when I think about the good teachers that I've had in my life and the ones that I really enjoyed going to their classes every day, they would challenge me to think and they would uh, tell interesting stories that were not necessarily in the lesson plan, but were illustrative of certain points or they would you know they they would just tell me interesting things that i could use in real life and and that were fascinating and so i think that's the hallmark of a good teacher i want to find out what ray thinks he's been waiting on the line ray in washington wants to talk about car registration uh but maybe has some thoughts on government school too ray Ooh. are you with us hey uh i'll give you a real thought on government school go for it i i, I didn't go past the eighth grade mm-hmm. and i was a millionaire by the time i was 42 Wow. My son, who's 30 years old, didn't go past the ninth grade, and he's a millionaire just before 30. I see a trend wow. happening. So I don't go on any farther on that part. But the, that so how, did, how did you and your son make your fortunes? We're manufacturers. Okay. 
And we um, manufacture front end loaders for tractor equipment and okay. backhoes. So that's something awesome. that people people can use practically, right? In their in their other work. Uh, we sell tons. We sell tons of stuff. I won't bother giving my website, but it's it's good size. We ship all over the country. We ship into your areas. That's wonderful. Hey, uh, your car registration, especially. Yes. In New Hampshire. So I got a 10-year-old car in New Hampshire. What does it cost me to register it? Anybody got an idea there? I think it's like 100, uh, 100 It's uh, based on the town. 14 bucks. So there's a state there's a state fee and then there's a town fee depending on the town where you register uh. your vehicle. And the state I think is a flat fee, but uh, the town uh, a lot of them do it based on how much the blue book value of your vehicle right. is and so then they charge you a percentage of that. I think it's all abhorrent. I mean, I, I don't want to I tell you something. It's <laughs> extremely high than the state of Washington where I live. Yeah. It's probably only about $35. Okay. But yeah, but there's I mean there's also other up. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Ray. Okay. This is another point I want to bring up about New Hampshire and this no tax thing. After looking at your tax laws in your state I must think that they've seen you free lover, uh, you know, your freedom people coming because they've got taxes in a way there. You can't get away from them. And that's one sure of them right can. there. Uh, well, you, there are some people who choose not to, uh, not to drive, not to drive or not to register their vehicles like Michelle or co-host. Right. Who, right. Uh, right. Who, and so she's sitting in the jail because she didn't want to do it. But sure. there's more people in that state who will do it. But mm-hmm. let me just point out something to you about the taxes, though, because when listening to the discussion about taxes, and when I bring up the fact that there's a debt owing in the state of New Hampshire of over $8,000 a person, I keep hearing the same thing from, from the folks here that say, we don't believe we owe that. Okay, well, that's your freedom to believe you don't owe it, right? What, what do you mean there's a debt owing? Yeah, Can you sure elaborate on what you mean? Per person owes about $8,200 in debt. Is that government debt you're talking about? or that's state debt. And you can see it by looking at state debt or anything like that on the internet. I got you. The so you're, you're taking that you owe is about forty thousand per person. I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, you well, thing is, I do know that, and that's it showed up if you look at a debt clock of the country. And to give you an idea how bad you guys are in your state, you hear about how bad it is in California, right? Well, I, I don't. To, you know, Ray, I'd have to, to interrupt you because we're not part of the. St- I mean, you guys encompasses us, but we're we right. Don't, but we don't make any of those. I have the argument when you guys say that. But do you have a car, Stephanie? I have a car. Yeah. So you registered. Yeah. Okay. So the money that you put into the pot to register your car went to the state of New Hampshire, whether you wanted to do it or not. Okay. I did. I, I had a choice about that, though. I chose to go along but with it because to help pay the state debt, didn't you? <laughs> well, I don't know. There are You're people buying who... gas there, aren't you? Uh, yes, Ray. So, but you okay, know, there so are a lot of other taxes. Ray, Ray, Ray. I, I got to interrupt go you. Before I lived in New Hampshire, I, I lived in Massachusetts, and I was paying state income tax, sales tax on everything. I right. got dinged with uh, taxes right. when I bought a car. You know, the, there were all kinds of taxes. And, you know, we try to minimize our tax footprint as much as we possibly can. Right. We do that in a See, lot of different ways. But, uh, you know, um, it, but it's hard to... New Hampshire is a real smart... I mean, yeah, New Hampshire, right? Mm-hmm. So they're smart in the fact that if you are a very wealthy person, and wealthy people pay all the tax, believe me, you guys aren't covering it. If you look at the tax... In How the do country, you know we're not wealthy, Ray? Well, you did. I, I imagine. Okay, I'm sorry. You're you're right. I apologize. Are you wealthy? <laughs> Go on. Okay. If you had about six million, if you were up in the real wealthy class, you'd be paying huge taxes in New Hampshire. Okay. 
But every time you guys go to the gas station, you register your car, you go out to eat, you use your telephone, you use your electricity, you all are paying taxes. And the way they tax you there, you can't get away from it. It's not like sales tax in the state of Washington. Ray, you can't get yeah, away from it anywhere. There's inflation going on with all the, the money I'm all the time. To to you you cannot escape that. And, and at least in New Hampshire, you know, you mentioned going out to eat. There is a 9% tax on restaurant meals and right. stuff like that in New Hampshire. But, you know, a lot of us cook dinners for each other. A lot of us That's eat right. at I home. I understand all the ways I, you to know. get around taxes. Ray, I, I'd like to illustrate this this point about debt because I think it's, it's really important um, to remember personal property rights and, and what you owe to another person. That's sacred. So just to illustrate real quick whose debt this is, it's important to keep in mind that the amount owed per person changes when you move from state to state. And that's not how it works with a regular person who owes debt. Ray, before it you... It re- change when you move. Ray, before you respond, I, I have some more questions for you. If you don't mind, hold the line with us. This is Free Talk Live. We'll be coming back with more with Ray. He wants to pick on us about taxes. I want to know how much taxes he's paying. This is Free Talk Live, 855-453. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Stephanie. And Derek J. And Jason. Indeed. And you can always give us a call at 855-450-FREE if you would like to take control of the airwaves and share with us whatever's on your mind. (laughs) I need to know, uh, I'm sorry, I need to let you know about uh, a company that does something new in the area of collections. It's SACL CAI, and they actually sponsor our toll-free call in line at 855-450-FREE. Uh, They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. And they also know that not only do you want to collect your money, but uh, you want to keep the clients too. So check out their banner, SACL CAI, over at freetalklive.com. And actually, Jason Osborne from SACL CAI, who has for a long time been a very generous supporter of Free Talk Live, was uh, on the show last week filling in for me. (laughs) <laughs> last Sunday night, so I enjoyed that show. Um, so in the last segment, we were speaking with Ray in Washington, who had some, I would say, some criticisms of the tax structure here in New Hampshire and the activists who live here and are getting active for freedom, uh, paying certain taxes or maybe not being able to avoid them. Let's bring Ray back on. Are you still with us, Ray? I'm still here, yeah. Okay, Ray. You, you wanted to know, Stephanie, how, how much I paid in taxes. Lay it on me. Some years I paid around $106,000. I'm so sorry to hear that. Tax. I'm, I'm really sorry about that, Ray. Tax because I was self-employed. Mm-hmm. I paid another fourteen, fifteen thousand on top of that. Oh, man. Now, let me ask you a question. So You're sorry. all three young people there. I've got a job in New Hampshire that I need filled, and it pays a half a million dollars a year. Okay. And it really doesn't require any experience. Would any of you three be interested? Uh, hey, what some, What is the job? Is, are you going to yeah, ask me to sell exactly my ovaries? <laughs> delivering newspaper. Delivering delivering newspapers. Oh yeah, I just brought a car up. So sign me up. Right. So you'd be fine taking that job, right? Uh, from from a I private wouldn't commit to anything I, just yet. I I'd like to hear some more details. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good job. Was, okay, I'll tell you what. It's a job at a hamburger stand. Flipping hamburgers like McDonald's. There's and it pays a half million dollars a year, and all half I have to do is have sex with the boss every Would, once in a while between you know, flipping no, hamburgers. No, none of that. Okay. <laughs> That's what it pays. Would any of you be interested? 
I'm skeptical, Ray. I'm very skeptical. Here's why. If I give you the job for half a million, I'm pretty sure you'll take it, all right? And then you're going to pay about 106000 in federal income tax. Well, why? You see? But you would all be willing to take the job, so you'd be contributing to pay off that 40000 apiece just in national debt. It, it, it's okay. a shame what they do to people who just want to honest employment, uh, yeah. where they, they make them well, fund the state, make them pay for their wars and their, see, their police you guys, state. The problem is, until you step up to the plate and become one of the 20 percenters of paying the tax, you're really not paying much in the way of taxes. I'm not saying you're not paying any taxes, and that's where I bring you back to your New Hampshire deal, okay? You keep saying that you're not contributing to paying off New Hampshire's debt, and I understand you can say that. That's fine. But in reality, you are. Well, Ray, uh, Ray how do you feel you know, about Robin Hooding? Are you familiar with the, the ways that activists are able to take money from the state by preempting tickets and paying oh, off hey, other people? And, and Derek, jail. just for the listeners who are not familiar, you're referring to the practice of basically um, feeding parking meters so that they, do, they don't expire and the meter right. people cannot ticket the people exactly. who park that's, there. That's great. And, and another way you can extort people is like Michelle's doing and Ian just did. What Go do you mean? sit in jail. Okay. It costs about fifty dollars. Well, I, I'm you not know, Ray, Ray, I have to interrupt. I mean, th- those are kind of fighting words. You know, I don't think that Michelle and Ian are extorting anybody. It's really the government system that Did makes they it pay for possible. Their time in jail? Uh, well, you know, I don't think they should have ever in been in jail in the first but place, I'm just Ray. Saying, if you want to get some money out of the state, if you want to punish them, that's how you do it. Yeah, I don't want to punish them, them pay for you. Ray. <laughs> Ray. You know, I mean, you're picking on us a lot here in New Hampshire. Do you have anything uh, constructive to say? I mean, at the very least, we're living here. I like your freedom movement. What I don't like is when I hear you guys saying, I'm not responsible. Okay, you can say that, but you are paying for it. I'm not responsible. It's got to be clear. Well, how about this, Ray? I, I do not give it my moral support. How about that? And and by it, I mean the state government, the federal government, or anything like that. And I try to balance minimizing my tax footprint, the amount that I, uh, you know, forcibly support the state with how comfortable I feel doing that, you know, and it's always a trade-off. I would take that job. I don't, I never said that I would, Ray. Okay, so you turn it down, Stephanie. You are great. You're wonderful. I mean, you're standing behind your principles. (laughs) But how many of the people in the Liberty Activists... I think I you're giving us a, a very a hypothetical situation that uh, is not necessarily reflective of but reality. I, 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 and I, Ray, I want to thank you very much for the call tonight. That's it. I think I'm done. I, I think his... Uh, I see his point being that it's it's more tempting when you have a higher paying job to just pay off the state the little bit that they're asking um, because you're making so much more than that that you get to keep it and you can kind of forget about the uh, the rest that's going to the state. But I, I object to his um, assumption that the liberty activists would act that way and, and take a job that is high paying. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's kind of taken, well, I don't know if this is what he is inferring, but he's kind of taking, trying to, I guess, take us down a notch or inferring that, or implying that we are, you know, uh, not as principled as we say that we are because we would all whore ourselves out for a higher paying job if it meant paying more taxes. As if. Well, you know, I just don't know if that's true. I mean, and regardless of what you can say about our tax situation, which everybody's different, first of all, and everybody has a different comfort level with what they're willing to do and what they're willing to pay. um, 
But, you know, oh, I completely lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, Jason. Looks like he has something to say. Well, yeah, it was just interesting that he said it was a matter of extortion when, uh, you know, people that we know and care about were uh, caged by the state. It's not like they wanted to do that. And yeah. So it was like, like he was blaming, blaming the victim. victim. Exactly. But, that uh, was amazing to me that, that he could say that Michelle and Ian were extorting yeah, other they, people. They haven't extorted as if they chose the cage. Yeah. I'm not sure where he was coming from. I mean... There's plenty of uh, people that are uh, that live in the Shire that have jobs where they have to pay taxes. It's it's unfortunate, but sure. uh, it's just a it's a reality. I know, I know, and you know, say what you will about people who pay some taxes. You know, they probably don't agree. Like for instance, there are a lot of people in New Hampshire who drink alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think they're not willing to give up drinking alcohol, nor should they necessarily have to. I'm not going to judge them for that. But the state does sell alcohol or liquor in New Hampshire, and so they make some money. Well, actually, I hear, I hear that they operate in the red, so maybe that's a bad example. But <laughs> but they are patronizing the state when they choose to buy liquor. And so, you know, does that make them bad people? I certainly don't think so. They're living in New Hampshire, and they're getting active for freedom. They're trying to create communities and spread the word about uh, the ideas of liberty. And so, and in, in, in many cases, they may be uh, patronizing the state a lot less than when they uh, lived in different places. And so, I don't know. I think each of us kind of has to determine how far we're willing to go by ourselves, right? right? And look critically at our own lifestyle and see how much it's supporting the things that we disagree with, like the state. I'm right. taking baby steps to freedom as I see mm-hmm. them. You know, there's not always, it's not always obvious how to get to freedom, but there are little baby steps that make themselves apparent that you can just take one at a time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. some of us pay some taxes, um, see them currently as, as unavoidable, but yeah. it doesn't mean it'll be that way forever. Yeah. But also uh, to get to the principle of the, the point about debt, because this is sort of a pet issue for me when whenever people oh, sure. cl- clam that I owe a state or government debt. Um, yeah, I, I object never to that. consented to that. <laughs> right, because, uh, you know, on Amazon or any of the other sales uh, websites like eBay, your reputation is, is important. It's everything. When when you're a, a sell, salesman or uh, just as, as a human being, your reputation goes a long way. And to, part of reputation is keeping agreements, right. right? Like loan agreements. Absolutely. And that's where I'm going with this is your reputation commonly uh, precedes you you know if people um are introduced to you they they may already know something about you and sure. so keeping your agreements is is important so i never took on any of the debt i didn't ask to spend any of the money that the the government uh, chose to spend on those bridges so to attribute me with that debt is is objectionable to me and it's as a you said scar i don't deserve as you said before derek your, your personal debts are paid in full that's so. right Interesting stuff. This is Free Talk Live. We're coming back with more at 855-450-FREE if you want to weigh in with your thoughts. I want to ask Jason about his own personal activism coming up. We'll talk about his arrest. Stay tuned. This is Free Talk Live. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org.
Welcome back to Free Talk Live. I am your host, Stephanie. And Derek J. And Jason. Yep, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You can always share your thoughts with us at 855-450-FREE. It's been an interesting show tonight, hasn't it, gentlemen? We've been talking (laughs) about all kinds of activism, uh, the roads. We've touched on some very controversial topics. I'm kind of surprised we don't have more people sharing their thoughts with us. It's all about obedience. Yeah, yeah, it it is really what it all comes down to. And, uh, you know, if if you're frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live, if you want to get some more liberty in your lifetime, you can be with all the cool kids here in New Hampshire. Do it we've done go to freestateproject.org and join the free state project and if you're not committed if you're not up for moving to new hampshire or if you're not sure you can always join as a friend and get their newsletter and uh, they'll keep in touch with you and maybe at some point uh, you'll have a little bit more uh, in the way of uh, an idea of what you want to do and so freestateproject.org also make sure you check out the liberty forum it's happening this february February 23rd through the 26th. And if you go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum, you can register and get 10% off with the coupon code FTL2012. I am very excited for Liberty Forum. How about you, gentlemen? Woohoo! Liberty Forum. Can't wait. My first one. Yeah. When I moved here oh, two years ago, it was, it was for <laughs> Liberty Forum. Yes, yeah. I remember that, Jason. I remember um, I let you stay at my house right after Liberty Forum because you're kind of on the road and That's needed right. a place. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> you, you said I'm a Liberty Forum virgin. Do I have to be worried about anything? Like, there is uh, an initiation ceremony. Oh, jeez. Get out the paddles. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I, like, I, now I, like I feel that. warned. <laughs> exactly. So, I, you know, speaking of activism, speaking of the Free State Project, I did want to get a chance to catch up with Jason about his his case that's pending right now. Uh, so, Jason, you well, why don't you give us a little recap of what happened to you a couple of weeks ago now or months? It was uh, September 23rd when I walked okay. in the uh, Cheshire County Superior Court. And uh, my job that day was to film the habeas corpus hearing for uh, Ian Freeman. And so I went through the security checkpoint, and I, I, I gave them the, my professional recording equipment, but I always carry a uh, little camera, personal camera, about the size of my thumb. Sometimes I'll have mm-hmm. it on my backpack. Uh, that morning I had it on my belt, and uh, the uh, security guards uh, noticed it, and so they um, told me to leave. They told me Was to, your camera rolling at the time? I'm just curious. Um I believe it it was working, but they haven't uh, given me the uh, video back yet. I, I did see. I did get discovery today with uh, their video um, of the incident. Okay, I, I was a, just curious about that detail, but yeah. go on with the story. I, I'd like to see that footage as well because that would have audio. I don't believe the video that they're providing me uh, does have audio. So, right. um, but I have all these reports of of them stating what happened. Yeah, you're sitting here with a pile of paper in front of you. Right. So, so, well, I mean, I don't think you mentioned this, but so you walked into this court with uh, your personal camera and the security guard noticed it and uh, asked you not to come into the courtroom with it, right? And I explained uh, that I had business at the front window and because uh, in order to film in a courtroom, you have to file a motion to film. And so that was uh, what I was going to do. And uh, they uh, grabbed for my camera uh, which wh- I didn't even have it in my hands. It was just clipped to my belt. And uh, they... How long did it take before the grabbing? Um, it was it was a matter of minutes. I mean, it didn't take long at all. I, but oh. I was able to get to the front window and try to get some uh, customer service from the uh, clerk of the court. 
And so, uh, so funny. they <laughs> customer uh, service at the right. court. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they 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 were kind of. I I you know I raised my voice a little bit, not to be angry, but just so I can hurry up and get somebody's attention mm-hmm. uh, because these men are being uh, hostile towards me, and uh, they just uh, they stayed at their desk. They didn't really want to get involved, but uh, so. I was against the wall, and they, they were trying to take the camera, um, which is now in my hands, um, because it was my property, and I was trying to uh, safeguard it. And uh, they got handcuffs on me, so I dropped to the ground, um, and uh, one of the bailiffs grabbed the handcuffs and dragged me across the room into an elevator. Uh, we went one floor oh, downstairs. Did, that must have hurt. Oh, I yeah. Mean, you know, I think a lot of people who hear these stories of activists getting arrested— um, They've really never thought about what it's like to get arrested, right? Especially when maybe you go limp or you don't assist in your own kidnapping, essentially. And so, I mean, tell us what that feels like when they grab your wrists and they have you in those tight cuffs and are dragging you around by your arms. Right. So they are dragging me by my wrist. Uh, It left uh, several uh, uh, cuts and scrapes. And then uh, I was pretty bruised for a while on my left hand. Uh, It's still a little bit tender, but uh, most of that. This is just for having a camera on your belt. Right. right. I mean, it's unbelievable. Just stop and think about that for a minute. If you're listening to this story, you could have this happen to you just simply for being a journalist, for having a camera on your person. It's unreal to me. And it's frankly quite scary. Uh, the only thing that gives me comfort is that you're being so public about this and that you have it documented, essentially. Um, and Jason, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. Can you imagine the surprise of an out-of-towner who's accustomed to filming in their own courtroom uh, if they were to sure. go through the same experience? Well, I mean, and, you know, it's funny because um, I was talking with a woman recently who is a, a keen local or a keen native and said that uh, before the people who uh, are interested in, in accountability and transparency uh, started moving to Keene in large numbers and uh, and started filming in the courtrooms and stuff. She would routinely videotape things at court, like uh, adoption hearings and things like that. But uh, ever since then, she's been kind of scared because she doesn't know how they'll react due to right, this new ca- you know count crackdown on cameras. Well, it's hard to say. The enforcement has been arbitrary so far, so it, it's been it'd extremely be arbitrary. To find out. Well, that's the thing. I've been uh, filming in courtrooms all over uh, the state of New Hampshire, uh, Grafton County. Um, in yes. Nashua, Concord, Manchester. When I get to Keene, uh, I have filmed in the courts a few times uh, without incident. But uh, this last time, uh, I was assaulted and I ended up uh, being locked in a cage for about three days um, over the weekend. And uh, yeah. it was it was not uh, not a fun experience. However, yeah. um, it did uh, help me understand what a lot of other peaceful people have to go through this system. And I. Uh, you know, I, I had read things and I had heard stories, but I was able to witness it firsthand. And it's what uh, Michelle Seven is going through right now, as a matter of fact, yeah. because I did spend seven hours in uh, isolation before uh, processing. And uh, I think she's going to try it for 24, 48 hours where yeah. no blanket, you know, no shoes. Uh, they'll try to take off uh, as much clothing as possible, leaving you with one layer. Yeah, uh, and in that a very is cold room. That is not only a physical tactic of force, but it's also a psychological tactic of force because yeah. they're isolating you from other people. You can't call anyone. You can't see anyone except the prison, not prison, the jail guards. You have a, a very uh, rudimentary, shall we say, water fountain that's attached to a urinal, and that's it, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder how Michelle is going to make out with that, you know, because it, it, 
it, as from what I understand, it's kind of made for men. Michelle is a trooper. She's going to do great with <laughs> she'll, it. She'll I, figure it out. I'm I sure, know but, she'll do great, but it, I would call it torture. But she, yeah, it's it's just inhumane. You know, they're taking your clothes away from you. They're trying to cause you to be cold. They're trying to make you uncomfortable in any way that they possibly can so that you will comply with their orders. Right. And the worst order is they have you uh, bend at the knees, uh, squat down, and uh, uh, spread your butt cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. So that's because they think you might be hiding something on your person, which, you know, I read a story a while back. We'll tease it. It was about uh, male officers searching female inmates in that manner. Mm. Bad stuff. Stick around. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. More coming up. We'll be right back. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. are listening to Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And Derek J. And Jason. We are feeling so good in the studio. <laughs> it's a great night so far. And we want to let you know that you can call in and let us know your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. And check out the uh, listen.freetalklive.com for all kinds of ways to get the show. You can find the live streams, the the cam, the satellite, uh, radio, webcam, and uh, listen lines, all kinds of good stuff over there if you're looking for some additional options to get Free Talk Live any way you desire. And I need to let you know about Ruger's new SR-40C. It's the compact version of the recoil-reducing striker-fired SR-40 pistol, one of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-size 40 caliber pistols on the market today. The SR-40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frame as those used on many great Ruger pistols, offering the same features including a slim frame, short trigger reach, reversible back strap, and ambidextrous controls. Useful for me because I'm left-handed, so a little piece of trivia. The SR-40C features a through-hardened stainless steel flyed, uh, slide excuse me, and uh, or ally steel slide with Nitrodox pro, pro black finish. <laughs> See it at Ruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer today. So, gentlemen, uh, we've been having some interesting conversations tonight. Uh, we do have a call on the line that I would like to speak with. This is Nick in Illinois. Nick, are you with us? Yes. Hi. Hi, Hi Nick. Hey, Nick. What did you want to talk hey. about? I was listening to the podcast from this past Tuesday with Ian, Mark, and Derek. You and Derek is here, a, fortunately. <laughs> yes, and that's one reason I'm choosing tonight to call in. Okay, uh, thanks for that. You had a caller named Jared, I believe, who called in about the roads, and not in a very nice way. Remember oh, that yes. one? Yes, I do remember Jared. And for, for our <laughs> listeners who are just tuning in, what what was? Uh, can you give a quick recap of his call? Yeah, he called in asking about, uh, in a libertarian society, who's going to provide the roads. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and uh, he didn't like any of the answers that were given to him. He just kept saying, you know, that's a dumb answer, that's a dumb answer, right? He, he, he kept thinking it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I have no criticism for the way that call was handled, but I do have a piece of advice that I've given before, but I'm not sure if it's really sunk in. 
I think the easiest and quickest and possibly best way to deal with people who ask about public goods, such as roads or even universal health care, is simply to indicate that even in a libertarian society, uh, people like them can still gather together and form intentional communities with a structure similar to the one we have now with centralized provision of public goods, right. as long as it's as long as all the interactions involved are voluntary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's very interesting, Nick, because uh, I actually live in a condo uh, complex and there's a condominium association who handles a lot of the things like uh, trash services and uh, snow plowing and mowing of lawns and that kind of thing. And, you know, uh, it's interesting because I have some disagreements with them sometimes and uh, sometimes I kind of wish I had chosen a house so I could take care of those things myself. But at the same time, it is uh, pretty much a voluntary structure and everybody has the option to get involved in it if they want to. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting to suggest that people get together on their own and kind of form those solutions. I have another um kind of retort to those kind of criticisms, I guess you could say, although it's it's not meant to be a retort. It's meant to be a, a friendly thing. I think that uh, when someone asks a question, well, how would X be provided in a truly free society? I think we can say very safely that, well, I'm not exactly sure how this would be provided because I'm not an expert on roads or I'm not an expert on justice services or, or courts or whatever. Uh, but I can say for sure that at least it wouldn't be provided by force. And at least if people disagreed with how the service was being provided, they could choose to opt out and it wouldn't be a oh, monopoly. Yes, that's, yeah, that's that's pretty much an equivalent answer. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reason I think this is an effective approach is because, uh, well, the reason why I choose this approach in particular is because when you describe it that way, uh, people will inevitably ask, well, how is that any different from what we have today? And that's your inroad to strike the root. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess my problem is that libertarianism is a moral philosophy. So when you start mixing in these policy positions that are basically just differences in opinion over what would be the most effective way to administrate so-called public goods, we're the ones who come off sounding like we're trying to plan the perfect society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Nick, that's one of the reasons I I like to usually flip the script, uh, which is to say, play their role and let them play mine. So... Uh, a lot of times when people are asking, well, how would you build the roads? They're not actually looking for an answer. They're not even listening for an answer. They just are looking to make their point by asking the question. So, so by flipping them, the script, I, I like to say, well, how would you provide the roads? And then that yeah. actually forces them, not forces, but inspires them to think about uh, how it might be done in a free society. Mm-hmm. That's a and little bit more of an, answer. I think that's a little bit more of an engaging approach. You know, how would you handle this? And yeah, I, I like the idea of acknowledging that a lot of these things that they're asking about are completely valid concerns. You know, everybody yeah. wants to be able to move around, and so I think roads are something that people want and need. You know, and uh, healthcare certainly you can't argue that people would need that. You know, until we can replace our bodies with robot. Uh, symbionts that never break down <laughs> we're going to need to to get health care so that's another thing that uh, i think it's important to acknowledge is valuable um but but emphasizing that those things can be provided on a voluntary basis without the need to force people not to be able to opt out is uh, is very important and I, I do like what you said nick about nothing stopping people from getting together as long as it's consensual you know in, in forming these groups in order to provide these services uh, Jason, what do you think about this? As far as transportation, I like Zeppelins, 
And I think that uh, by by having the state come in and build all these roads, you know, that kind of uh, said, okay, well, everybody's going to have a car, uh-huh. and uh, there's not as much diversity as I would like to see in transportation. Well, and, and now they're they're creating their own problems and trying to solve them because mm-hmm. you know we could talk about this for hours, I'm sure, but uh, you know they're 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 saying there are too many cars in the roads, oh, and global warming, CO two, and there aren't nearly enough jetpacks. I'll tell you that. Right. <laughs> I should be seeing a lot more of those on the road. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I think will really help us in this arena, if we're just speculating about maybe how roads would be in a free society, is technology. You know, Google is working on this car that drives Mm -hmm. itself and it's it's much more accurate than uh, conventional human drivers. And it would free people's time up to be able to work on their commutes and uh, take long trips without necessarily putting in a lot of effort. And so there's that. Uh, I think of of snow when I'm here in New Hampshire, and I think of how technology could help with snow removal. You know, you might have self-heating roads where they run on solar and, you know, they absorb the heat and store it for a time when there's snow on the road and melt it instantly. You might have roads with little sprayers that pop up uh, uh, friction-forming stuff that help the cars stick to the roads and not skid off when there's a snowstorm. Right. Uh, you might even have domes over roads that could prevent weather from uh, reaching the inside of the tunnel. And while we're using our imaginations to innovate, uh, Tally and I were just driving earlier today talking about how nice it would be f- um, to improve the interaction between pedestrians and cars. Uh, so mm. that, in, like in some places, there are walkways that go over the roads so that cars don't have to stop, yes. slow down, and be ever vigilant for the pedestrians that may be jumping out. Uh, you know, a person and they're so convenient to, to hang uh, tax protesting signs off of right. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a good view, and uh, I, I think it's just another solution um, to make the roads safer for pedestrians and drivers. Yes, and and there are so many reasons why in a free market system uh, there would be much greater incentives to keep the roads safe because not only of uh, insurance, right, Um, but, you know, uh, companies want to have a good reputation for having safe roads that people want to drive on because they're safer. I mean, no one wants to get... If I might interrupt? Yeah, yeah. Um, This is what I meant by we come off sounding like the ones who are trying to plan the perfect society. This whole discussion here, I think, turns a lot of people off. Well, it, because, you know, they don't trust the new things and they feel like if you're going to force this new society on them where we have to think up all of these new ways, they're going to have a lot of fear. I see. And that's one reason I think it's also important to remind them that even the way we do things now can be replicated in a in a variety that doesn't involve violence. And one example you can point to is just look at Occupy Wall Street. That's basically an intentional community right there in the middle of New York where they're operating on a voluntary basis and providing their own, uh, forming their own little community there. Nick, thank you very much for the call. We certainly do appreciate it. If you have thoughts on the roads, <laughs> give us a call, 855-450-FREE. You're listening to Free Talk Live, and there's more coming up when we get back. We're going to talk about Scott Olson. He was beat up by the police. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org.
Live. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I'm your host, Stephanie. And Derek J. And Jason. Yes, indeed. And Mark and Ian are the normal hosts of Free Talk Live, but you're not hearing their voices tonight because they are off at a talk radio convention having some uh, business development opportunities for Free Talk Live. So we wish them a great trip. I will be in tomorrow night with Julia hosting the show. Very excited about that. And then Mark will be back on Sunday with me for the Sunday show. So it's just a weekend of radio for me. <laughs> and then you're going to be on uh, LRN.FM with Pork Therapy right after this show at 10, right? Absolutely, yeah. So I guess um, our radio listeners may not be familiar with this. I actually have my own show, uh, which is on, on the Liberty Radio Network over at LRN.FM. And it's on from 10 p.m. to midnight Friday evenings. I will be doing that show right after this one. So tune in if you want to hear that on LRN.FM. And if you're watching the Free Talk Live studio cam, you can basically stay tuned on that for a little extra treat. It's like an extended edition of Free Talk Live. <laughs> and, <laughs> Only with just me. And you take calls and people can call in about like a relationship advice. Yes. Oh, thank you, Jason, for mentioning that. It's uh, it, Pork therapy is pork with a C like a porcupine. So if you want to check out my website, porctherapy.com, it's basically a show about uh, freeing your mind. We talk about a lot of personal development, personal freedom issues, and relationships from a pro-freedom perspective. So always an interesting time on the show. I, I definitely love doing that. But this is Free Talk Live, where you can control the show. Call in, talk about anything, 855 453-855-450-3733. And make sure to check out promote.freetalklive.com if you want to share the show and get the word out about us. Maybe you want to introduce some friends, think they would enjoy the show. It's always a good place to do it at promote.freetalklive.com. And uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies, that's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for the free daily dispatch. Good folks over there. Speaking of Freedoms Phoenix, I saw the latest uh, magazine that they produce. I think it's like a monthly magazine. Yes. And on the cover was uh, Free Aid, FR33 yes. Aid. What's the website for that? Oh, is it? <laughs> Jason is just uh, being my little plug assistant tonight. <laughs> He's helping me plug all my projects. So Free Aid is uh, FR33Aid.com. It's a mutual aid organization. We're basically uh, a group that supports people who are medically skilled and would like to volunteer to as basically as good Samaritans to help out other individuals with first aid um, in the event that they need help. And uh, so for free aid has been at Porcupine Freedom Festival and many other liberty events. That's kind of where we're focusing. And uh, just being there to identify people who can help if anybody needs it. Is it anything like what's going on at the Occupy Wall Street protests or the uh, Occupy movements around the country where some mm -hmm. medic stations have uh, spontaneously developed? Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, I know that at, at almost all of the Occupy events, there have been medically skilled people present, EMTs and uh, paramedics, even physicians. And, uh, you know, they've been, I think, I think when you work in the healthcare field, and I'm a medical student, by the way, so I'm a little bit familiar with this. I, I think when you work in that field, people go into it because they have a desire to help others out 
and they wouldn't pass up an opportunity if someone was in need to be of assistance, um, you know, and just kind of out of the kindness of their heart. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's really important. And I think, Jason, we were talking a lot about um, the roads and kind of alternatives to the state before and how would people get those needs for health care and transportation and so forth met uh, if there's no nobody forcing them to pay for them. And I think mutual aid is is an extremely important example of how those services could be provided on a voluntary basis. And, you know, a, a lot of mutual aid goes on right now and people don't even realize it. Credit unions, uh, babysitting co-ops, even carpools are all examples of mutual aid. And, and it goes from that to church groups to uh, like the, the Lions Club, which is a service organization, volunteer, uh, all kinds of mutual aid organizations already exist. And they fill a lot of these roles for people in society who the government doesn't always help. You know, sometimes they fall through the cracks of the systems. Right. I, I think there are so many mutual aid organizations that people would like to join that they might not even know about. If If people are concerned about well, how would poor people receive medical care? They might not even have known about free aid before hearing this. So mm-hmm. if, if, you're con- if that's a question you'd be asking, but how will people be cared for? Mm-hmm. But then you're the type of person who's concerned about those people, so get involved. Yeah, absolutely. And the I solution, think you can you can already be a part of the solution today. Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no problem, Derek. Well, I, I agree with you. And I think that more people are already involved in participating in mutual aid than believe they are. <laughs> right. If you're part right. if you're part of a co-op of any kind, if you uh, if you work out ride shares, if you have roommates, I mean, if you help out your family members or friends with the place to stay sometimes, stay sometimes, you are participating in mutual aid and you are giving people alternatives to statist uh, systems right. for and serving those needs. It's so important because uh, states are going to fail. Uh, they're they're so in debt. They could tax people at 100% and uh, not be able to pay off all of their debts. And so mm-hmm. people are going to have to build these alternatives. And that's why uh, free aid is, you know, it's starting off small, but you guys are getting a lot done. I know you were just in uh, California and uh, you're traveling around, uh, you're taking care of a large event like Porkfest, where you have over a thousand people uh, show up. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's interesting too, because so we also do some educational outreach about uh, CPR and how to use a defibrillator. And that's something that anybody can do, wow. regardless of whether they have medical training or anything like that. It's If you see someone collapse, uh, you really can't rely on the government to get there in time to right. save that person because time is really of the essence. you got to be quick. And so uh, helping people out in that way is really important to know about. And we're also a networking organization for liberty-loving uh, healthcare professionals, that kind of thing. So very cool. I don't want to make this all about my project, but uh, you know, I think it, it is important to talk about mutual aid and to kind of uh, encourage that that thing to go on because as you said Jason governments will collapse and often you know we're hearing about these austerity measures right going on in uh, Europe right now like in Greece and it's basically the governments saying well we're not going to take care of the people who we promised these entitlements mm-hmm. right the most vulnerable people are the ones that they cut out first and it's always the politicians and the ones that are kind of the elites who are laughing all the way to the bank and they're financially secure but uh they're not going to come through with these entitlement programs when push comes to shove and the government uh, is hugely in debt and can't pay for what yeah. it's spending on. Well, education is, is a huge way to empower the individual and, and the entire society. Everyone benefits when mm-hmm. an individual educates him or herself about how to care for another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we, we got kind of tangent 
id, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I never mind a good tangent. If you have thoughts, do want to encourage you to share them with us at 855 450 free. Derek said he was kind of soothed falling asleep to the sound of my voice. So I, I hope Not, nobody has no. gone to sleep. <laughs> Maybe it was, I, I put relax. that the wrong way. Yeah. It's just such a beautiful voice. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I just being, I, I described it as being massaged as I'm listening to you. I just feel like I'm receiving a massage as I hear your voice. I love it. I, I hope everybody gets an ear massage from listening to us all tonight. <laughs> and you gentlemen have very nice voices as well. So, but I do want to make sure that we finish our discussion, Jason, about what happened to you recently being arrested for having a little clip on camera Mm -hmm. on your belt. And so you got the discovery from that today. We gave our listeners a recap of what happened to you. But uh, what's tell us about the new developments. Oh, so, yeah, basically, I got a copy of all the reports by the bailiffs and the uh, sheriff deputies. And so the one of the sergeants that works for the sheriff's department in Cheshire County, he just wrote about my noncompliance. And I thought he did a fair job of uh, describing how. Um, as soon as I uh, sat down, when the two bailiffs were handcuffing me, then I was dragged to the uh, the elevator, and I uh, was still sitting sit, seated, and I wouldn't move for the uh, sheriff's deputies either. Uh, I, I wouldn't move all day uh, except wow. <laughs> uh, un- until I got to the uh, corrections facility, and I had a nice talk with the deputy, and uh, he was uh, complaining that he might throw his back out if he had to carry me again. And so I said, well, at this point, I'm at the corrections facility. I I, I plan on... I mean, he can choose to not harm and incarcerate a peaceful person, you know. It was his choice. It's as if he's he's saying, well, you made me do that. No, you can't make him do that. Well, I was a chatterbox with everybody that I came in contact after that point, explaining why I was there, just there for a camera, because I wanted these individuals to to know, you know, who they're putting their hands on and, and, and who they're dealing with and... Um, I'm not just, uh, you know, a, a criminal that uh, has a victim. I mean, I'm the victim in the circumstance. Mm-hmm. And right. when when the judge uh, asked me how I pled, guilty or not guilty, I, I said, I, I plead no victim other than myself. Uh, I like that. So uh, we'll have to find out more about how this turned out for Jason when we return. This is Free Talk Live. I want to know your thoughts on this. Do you think it's okay to arrest someone for being a journalist, having a camera in a public place, filming public officials let us know 855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 this is free talk live stick around we'll be right back when the power goes out for any length of time you've got problems starting with food that's going bad even in the freezer no communications living by candlelight or flashlight it's a bad place to be the solar flare cycle is heating up and has already done damage to the grid. NASA and NOAA tell us that next year and in 2013, it will take down large sections of the grid for days or weeks at a time. Hurricanes and floods also cut power for several days or weeks. You can protect yourself now. The SG-1 solar generator by Sound Wisdom produces 5,000 watts of household current, comes with 230 amp hours of battery, 220 watt solar panels, and a built-in battery maintainer desulfator. This is the only portable system you can add as many batteries or solar panels as you like. It will also convert power from windmills, water wheels, DC welders, or gas generators. Any source of 12-volt DC power. See it now at freetalklivesolar.com. Technicians are standing by now to answer your questions even during the Sunday night show. freetalklivesolar.com. Hello and welcome back to Free Talk Live. 
Thank you so much for tuning into our show tonight. My name is Stephanie. And Derek J. And Jason. Yeah, we do appreciate having you as listeners to the show this evening. And why don't you go over to news.freetalklive.com. It's the easiest way to get all the updates about the show that are so important to you, including email updates, Twitter and Facebook. You can follow us and friend us there. Good stuff. You can know all about what's happening with Free Talk Live and be the first to know. And of course, this is the show where you can call in and bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That is 855-450-3733. Now, in the last hour, uh, by the way, starting out off hour three right now, last hour we were discussing something that happened with uh, Jason's recent case where he was uh, arrested in a ridiculous display of authoritarian power for having a video camera simply in a public uh, courthouse, um, not even in the court, outside in the court lobby. Right. And uh, was was really kind of hurt and roughed up, and I, I don't appreciate that. I, you know, Jason, it's maybe we can talk about this. This is maybe more of a pork therapy topic than a free talk live topic, but it's always really hard for me to know how to react and how to deal with it when I see one of my friends being treated like this. You know, I really feel empathy for you, and I I feel upset when I see that happening. And, you know, the tactics of calling the bureaucrats and shaming them and doing those kind of things and using those uh, humiliation tactics, I guess, to get them to drop charges and things like that, really, I got to be honest, it's just not my style. I don't Mm -hmm. don't think I would be good at it. I don't think I am good at it, and it doesn't make me feel good. And so... What I usually try to do is just spread the word and keep you in my thoughts. And, you know, occasionally I've called to inquire about your safety. Like, are you okay? Or is this person being, uh, what's going on? Give me some updates about this person, that kind of thing. But I'm always very polite. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I kind of just want to know what you gentlemen think about those those tactics. Because I notice a lot of people shaming, right? They're, they're shaming these uh, judges or cops or something like that. And I think that often that can kind of set them up to be on the defensive and make it even easier for them to think of activists or people who are trying to achieve social change as, as just less than human or, or just not like them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I know you are are looking for some other ways you can participate rather than shaming, but it sounds like you don't have a problem giving uh, these people a phone call. And I know that, sure. Stephanie, you're an excellent communicator. Oh, thank so. You. <laughs> If you uh, found it within yourself to call these people and simply, rather than shame them, let them know that your friend is in there and that you're concerned about him and, and let them know what the situation surrounding his incarceration was. That, yeah. my goodness, you know, um, Miss Receptionist Lady, do you know that right where you're sitting, there, there's someone caged behind you who whose only crime was bringing a camera into the, the courtroom? I mean, or into the lobby. Of a, of a court building. Yeah. Can, can you imagine how, you know, how I feel when I have to call through you to speak with my friend? Can, you know, just empathizing with them and communicating what happened, I think, can be really effective so that it can be on the front of their mind when they're at work. Right. And that person may feel shamed, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if if it's not your intention, then... Um, I think that's a, a fine way of doing it. But I think if they do feel embarrassed or ashamed for the organization they work for, I I can see reason why they would feel like that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I think for me, the thing that appeals to me the most is just to kind of express some heartfelt and sincere concern, mm-hmm. you know, for the person who's being hurt in this case, which would be you, Jason. And, you know, um, 
I, I don't expect them to quit their jobs when they hear me uh, feeling bad that you're in a cage, you know. Right. Uh, but maybe over time, if they hear that a lot from a lot of different people, maybe they'll start to consider, you know, uh, I don't really like being in this line of work so much. Sometimes it can be kind of tough. It has to wear on them. Everybody has some part of their job that they don't like, I'm sure. Yes. And so this is could be uh, the major part of someone's job that they don't like yeah it could really sway them uh, out of the job well stephanie you mentioned empathy and i think uh, that's one of the motivations for why i do a lot of the reports that i do why i want to be in the courtrooms because there's a lot of uh, victims of uh, the state of government violence that uh, have to step foot in a a courtroom and uh, i would like to be able to film the the court proceedings because that is when um, decisions are made about their futures, their family's future, and their role in the community, whether or not taxpayers are going to have to uh, fund their incarceration or not. Um, one story that I've been following is the case of Nurse Patricia Smith. She's mm. a woman that uh, was uh, busted by uh, some the sheriff's department in, in uh, Grafton County for growing cannabis inside of her home. Mm-hmm. Now, she's a nurse. I'm going to trust her uh, to make decisions for her own life and not some uh, bureaucracy in uh, Concord, New Hampshire or Washington, D.C. And she has a family and everything. And, you know, she was not harming anybody. Well, that's why I bring it up. One of the members of her family, her mother, was a corrections officer. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to interview her uh, for Tally TV. Yeah. And um, I, I, I asked her, you know, if uh, when she was a corrections officer, she had people in cages that were there for the same crime as her daughter, um, just a possession of uh, uh, cannabis or, or whatever. And she said yes. And asked her, how does she feel about that? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, She probably didn't think about it when she was on the job. Mm -hmm. But now that her uh, daughter is in that position, uh, she did have an opportunity to think about it. And she just said that she felt confused. And then she didn't. That's an honest answer. Yep. And she didn't have uh, any faith in the system anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think as more and more people know victims of government violence in their own life or maybe hear more of these stories, then they'll look for voluntary alternatives to um, a a large state that uh, operates just to take away our rights. Yeah, which is why I think it's so important to talk about it and document it like like you're doing, like we're all doing. Mm -hmm. I know Derek has his own YouTube channel, too, and uh, makes some videos, so that's always appreciated. And, you know, it makes me think of there are a lot of people who say things like, well, uh... I never liked or I, I, I could never sympathize with uh, gay people, for instance, until I found out that my son was gay. Right. And, you know, or or people will have racial prejudices or gender pre- prejudices. And those are only really erased by them knowing people and, and knowing that those people don't conform to the stereotypes that they held or something like mm-hmm. that. And so I think you're right, Jason, when it is someone who hits closer to home, like a friend or a family member, uh, it really helps you relate to uh, all those kind of people like like Nurse Patricia's mom, who was the CO. Right. I, I think that's part of what's so beautiful about reporting these stories is that while uh, people may not know Nurse Patricia personally, they'll know someone who's like her. And yes. they'll be able to empathize uh, with that person a little bit better. Um, you know, whereas before they may have had uh, n- no thought about peaceful people's caging now they're they're going to give it a thought when they hear that someone went uh, and got arrested for possessing pot or any other and uh, seeing a video of it that really details what's happening i think video really is a medium that helps people connect or helps the viewers connect with the subject of the video Mm -hmm. you know so i think that can be very very powerful and uh very compelling so i want to know 
Oh, uh, we had a call on the line, but he dropped off. Okay, <laughs> you can feel free to call back. 855-450-FREE is our number over here at Free Talk Live. Uh, do you want to get into an interesting, well, it's not interesting, it's it's really awful, but uh, I think it's important to talk about. Uh, it's a story that you may have heard by now if you've been following the Occupy movement or have seen this posted on social media or anywhere in the news. This is a story from the theguardian.co.uk. It's about Occupy Oakland. Uh, the headline is Iraq War Veteran in Critical Condition After Police Clashes. Oh, dear. Uh, subheader Scott Olson, 24, in hospital with fractured skull and brain swelling after allegedly being hit by a police projectile in Oakland. An Iraq War vet- veteran has a fractured skull and brain swelling after allegedly being hit by a police projectile. Scott Olson is in critical condition at Highland Hospital in Oakland, a hospital spokesman continued. And that projectile had to be a flash grenade, right? Because a rubber bullet wouldn't fracture a skull? Well, there was an instance actually a couple of years ago in Boston where there was uh, apparently a riot that was associated with a Red Sox game. Okay. And I lived near Boston at the time, so I heard about it. Um, And there was a, a woman, an innocent bystander, walking down the sidewalk who was hit in the eye with a beanbag bullet, and it went through her eye and actually killed her. And those are supposed to be non-lethal weapons, and right. so there was a big to-do about this. Well, I think this one was a flash grenade. Yeah, and we, we will get into that more. Uh, more about this awful story and your calls coming up. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live with your host, Stephanie. And Derek J. And Jason. Yes, thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to give us a call, 855-450-FREE. We got a couple calls online, and I want to know what they think. But uh, first, I want to let you know about archives.freetalklive.com. This show has MP3 archives going back to 2006. That's over five years of content for your listening pleasure, and it's all for free. It's even on podcast. Go to archives.freetalklive.com to check that out. Always a pleasure to hear that. And, you know, gentlemen, we were talking about Scott Olson, who is a Iraq war veteran. Uh, he was in a he went down to the uh, Occupy Oakland protest and was hit uh, by a, a flashbang grenade, I guess, in the in the head and fractured his skull or his skull was fractured by the impact. Uh, he's now in critical condition, and there were some photos published of him um, very recently after this happened, and they're just really heart-wrenching, and I definitely want to talk about this more, but I do want to make sure that we take some calls. Let's go to Ralph in Maryland. He wants to talk about unjust taxes. Ralph, are you with us? 
Yes, I am. How are you doing? Great. Hello. What's yeah. on your mind? Yes, I want, I want to make sure I was on the right. So I, I did hear you talking initially about the woman who unfortunately landed in jail because of the non-registration pay. Correct. Yes. That would be Michelle. Okay. I, I, oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear about that situation in Oakland, too. But, Thank you. you know, I think one of the gentlemen mentioned about, about you mentioned about a rubber bullet that is supposed to be harmless sometimes. Well, they're not. You know, at close range, it can kill. Yes. If, if it's applied just right. Uh, but I digress. Nevertheless, um, she might be the next Rosa Parks for for the for for the state and local government, you know. And uh, I certainly hope she becomes uh, vindicated behind this. But my comment and question is is this: um, I understand what the state and local governments are trying to say when it comes to registration, road work, and everything. But my take is this: I live in the inside of the Beltway near DC, and it's an everyday occurrence they have construction, and mm. you probably know. Mm-hmm. Our construction community uh, or the industry is not designed to build anything, especially on roads that are long-term, i.e. Europe. And uh, mm-hmm. if they applied the European method, then there'd be a lot of guys probably out of work and because uh, their stuff lasts forever. And uh, hence the reason why these guys are out there most, you know, a lot of times. Because every time you go in the belt, there's always construction. I can count on my one mm-hmm. hand how many times there was no construction in the eight years I lived here. Right. And my question to you would be this. Um what legislative process on the part of the people, local or otherwise, can they do or we do to repeal something like a mandatory registration for vehicles? That's a great question, and I believe that... Get rid of the DMV. Yeah, I mean, I I have a hard time believing that the government would ever uh, cut one of its own programs or departments. Wasn't it uh, Ronald Reagan who said something like, uh, the closest thing to eternity is a government program? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But I did, I did well, hear you something. You can't rely on the government to do it, but you've got to rely on someone, an elected official, hopefully, that you would elect or a body of elected officials that would, would do that. But I know that's a tall order, and I, you know, I've been better off fighting my own shadow on that. But, I mean, I'm throwing <laughs> it out there. What do you think? Well, Ralph, yeah, more Ralph, likely than yeah. a legislative process is that there are a number of civil disobedience who concentrate their numbers and make a show to the uh, local government that they will not be coerced uh, into paying uh, for this registration when they yeah. don't like what it goes towards or I mean, don't I, have any say. I wonder what they would do if, if there were a mass civil disobedience on this front. Like a lot of people just stopped registering their cars, let their things lapse and never renewed them and refused to pay the state. I think that would be really interesting. Uh, I know that Michelle, who is the woman that we were discussing a moment ago, who's in jail now for uh, not paying this fine for not registering her vehicle, um, she's spoken with a number of people about this, and everybody she says that she's spoken with uh, agrees that she, they don't think she should be forced to register her vehicle and pay the state for it. And I think she's also spoken with a state representative of some kind in New Hampshire who might be sponsoring a bill that would repeal some of this. But I think there's a long way to go because there are so many requirements for cars. And, you know, the, there is. There is, and, and, but see, here's, here's my, 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 my scary feeling about that. And, you know, so unfortunately, when it comes to things like this, there's always got to be a lamb for the slaughter, okay? Mm. And she may be one of many others, okay? But that being said, let's say for the sake of argument, we got victory on this, okay? Knowing the government, being what it is, it's like, okay, you got this battle, but we're going to find some way to either backdoor this or quote-unquote punish you for your victory. I've seen it happen. And so it's, it's not going to be a, a battle uh, fought on one front. There'll be many fronts that you'll have to deal with. And I'm going to hang up and uh, great, great, great show, guys. Ralph, thank you so thank much you, for the Ralph. call. We definitely appreciate that. 
Yeah, it, it's interesting because I, I really wonder on this issue, you know, so many people are on board with it, but so many people are so scared to uh, disobey the state in any way, you know, and are too scared to just drive around. You know, if, if you don't have that license or you don't have that registration or they're not valid or whatever, um, it, nothing is stopping you as a safe and competent driver from getting in your car and driving, mm-hmm. except the fear that mm-hmm. the state might get you and something, some kind of consequences might be brought upon you. And I think it's really worth mentioning, and we should discuss this a little bit, that these requirements, you know, in New Hampshire, you have to get the state mandated inspections for your cars, but they're just the bare minimum of what would be required for uh, vehicle safety. It, it's really not about safety. It's just about getting that fee every year. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. the mechanics who perform these inspections, they hate it. They, they don't like to do it. They don't feel good about it. Mm-hmm. They're just basically checking off a box. And it, it's really unfortunate that, that their time has to be wasted like that. And, you know, there, there are some insurance companies, car insurance companies, who uh, who want to ensure that the vehicles are safe. And so they uh, have their own inspections that the vehicle owner must pass before they are insured. Sure. You know? And so that's one way that, that safety could really be taken into consideration without mandating it by the state. The other thing about driver's licenses, too, they're also not about safety. I mean, it's, no. No, it's, a, it's a joke. <laughs> there are still so, car accidents despite everyone on the road having a driver's license. Or, yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely hear you on the, the registration thing, but if, if um, more folks feel this way, that it's silly that they should have to pay for registration, uh, but they're afraid of what might happen to them. Well, Michelle has just helped, hopefully helped you take away some of that fear mm-hmm. uh, because there's someone else who has finally put themselves out there and done it. Yeah. Now you're you're able to, to join with other people who are already doing it. So I mean, and you know, it, be less afraid, be fearless. It's interesting, too, because I don't know how public Michelle was about saying this, but I think I heard her say a couple of times that she had been driving around for quite a while without registration before any kind of legal trouble came upon her. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you have some time to spare, then, you know, maybe uh, maybe this is something you could take upon yourself and make it your issue. I don't know. Uh, And everybody has to decide where their comfort level is. For me, uh, it's not mine. You know, even though I completely agree with the issue, it's way too important to me to be able to travel unhindered, you know, with, with pretty much a guarantee that uh, I won't have those kind of problems holding me up. And so I go along with it, but uh, reluctantly, I mean, I hate it. I don't want to be subject to this. What would happen if what Michelle did inspired more people to uh, not renew their driver's license or not register their vehicles? I mean, how many um, jails and cages are they going to build to uh, hold these people? I mean, Well, exactly. Yeah. How are they going to pay for it? At a certain point, they won't be able to. And I think that is part of the idea with what people are doing in Keene, encouraging others not to take plea deals and so forth and take everything to trial. Because at a certain point, the court system will not be able to handle it. It will be so overburdened, they'll have to stop prosecuting these victimless crimes. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Call us with your thoughts. we got a caller on the line. He wants to talk about abortion. I wonder what this is about. Stick around. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. 
Again, that's crossbreedholsters.com. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. Call us 855-453-FREE if you would like to share your thoughts with us. My name is Stephanie. And Derek J. And Jason. And you can see us in the studio. It's a little late for this, but you can always see us every night at cam.freetalklive.com or check out cam.lrn.com to hear the Liberty Radio Network with all kinds of great Liberty-oriented content 24-7 for your listening pleasure. I will actually be live on the Liberty Radio Network tonight. 10 p.m. to midnight with my own show, Pork Therapy. So check that out after the show. Stay tuned after Free Talk Live. And uh, I need to let you know about something else pretty cool. Are you a cigarette smoker, Derek? I used to be until Vaporsmiths <laughs> came along. Yeah, and uh, so what did Vaporsmiths do for you? Well, they supplied me with a wonderful starter pack and some cartomizers. And oh, did they give it to you just because you're cute? No, I, I purchased oh, it from their website. They should have. And it's been enjoyable. I've been enjoying it all night as we've been doing this show. I'm able to uh, puff on my new Vaporsmith cigarette. You have some information about Vaporsmiths. It's it's much <laughs> healthier than a regular cigarette, don't you? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to argue with uh, just isolating certain components of the smoke, the fun stuff, right? The flavor and the nicotine, taking that away from the combustible chemicals that uh, give us Things like lung cancer. And of course, you can call 855-2-GET-VAPOR or visit Vaporsmiths.com if you would like to pick up uh, a starter pack with some cartomizers. And I guess if you spend $60 or more, you will get free shipping with coupon code FTL. So once again, 855-2-GET-VAPOR or visit Vaporsmiths.com. Yes, indeed. So... You know, we were discussing some articles. We're coming up on the end of the show. We're getting tight on time. But I do want to make sure that we get the calls in from our listeners because they're very important to us. 855-450-3733 if you want to weigh in with your thoughts. And why don't we go to Jeff in Cincinnati. Jeff, are you with us? Hi. How you doing, ma'am? Hi. Um, I'm a Roman Catholic. Okay. And I was at a meeting tonight, and I had an argument with, not an argument, a discussion. Okay. I pointed out on the street that the, if you speed in your car, the police will issue you a simple fine. So the vast majority of the people disregard the law. You want to make abortion illegal for women. What is going to be the penalty to create a defective deterrent? It's okay to jump up and down and say, end women's rights, end abortion, make it illegal. That's fine and dandy. Put your pom-poms down, put your leading, and articulate to me and women, what are you willing to do to them? Are you willing mm-hmm. to arrest them? Mm-hmm. I had to, I, I called Steve Shabbat, who's my congressman, who was one of the House managers, and since Brenner, I met them in D.C., mm-hmm. and and I didn't say nothing to them. I, say, I said stuff to the two young men that were with them. You're, you're staffers, are you not? Yeah. You guys have cell phones? Well, yeah. You have women that work in your office? Well, yeah. Good. Why don't you walk up to these women that work in your office and tell them if you become pregnant, I'm taking this phone, I'm calling 911, and I'm having you arrested. Yeah. And you know what, young man? They're going to look at you like you lost your mind. You know why they're going to look at you that way? It is their choice. (laughs) That's why. 
Right. Uh, yeah, well, you, you know, s- it's... it's. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Derek. Well, I'm glad you f- you framed this as uh, that you're a Roman Catholic because the, the presumption would be that you would support um, making abortion illegal. And uh, it sounds like you're for free I wanna, choice. I, I, think, I think that everybody's going to answer, answer for what they do on this earth, sir. The well, one thing we all have in common is one day we're going to leave this earth. Right. And I didn't want to put words God in your mouth, Jeff. I just really like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not as simple as they make it out to be. The absolutely. reason why it's like I told them, the people that supported Sarah Palin in my, in my neighborhood, I said to them, I said, you know what? It wouldn't matter if that woman could read or write. The only thing that matters to you is she be in a position of power to put judges on the court to overturn Roe. That's the only <laughs> thing that matters to you. With all the problems yeah. that we have on this, in this country, that people have based it on one issue, and if that's the way it's going to be, because, you know, as, even as... A, a, a Republican. There's a lot of Christians that I know are, are, that are in the evangelicals that will not vote for Mr. Romney, who is a fine man, because he's a Mormon. I said, if you got all that abortion, single issues, decide how you vote, you deserve to lose. Well, you know, Jeff, Jeff, I I love how passionate you are. And I like what you're saying, too, about kind of (laughs) kind of not using the government to control people. The last place I want the government is in my uterus, by the way. I mean, (laughs) that's that's, uh, pretty ridiculous. And I I love it how uh, oftentimes it's it's men who want to legislate this stuff. And a man could never experience what it's like to be. Uh, forced to have sex against their will and become pregnant and have to deal with that or, or incest or anything like that. It's just awful. And it's so complicated. There are so many different reasons, as many different women as there are out there who have um, unplanned or unwanted pregnancies uh, are different reasons for for making a decision to, you know, keep the baby or to give it up for adoption or to give a, have an abortion. And, you know, it's it's so hard. We kind of have to try to walk a mile in their shoes so we can understand what they're going through. And, you know, Jeff, I want to ask you a question. It's been my experience that a lot of the people who want to use the government to legislate things like um, making abortion illegal and uh, are really strongly, staunchly anti-abortion, um, it, it seems like a lot of times their goal is not to prevent abortions or to have more babies in the world or whatever. Their goal is to shame women. Do you feel? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's right? Yeah. Uh, look, uh, ma'am, I'll tell you something. Mm-hmm. This is this is what I tell my, my daughter. I told her the same thing I told to call your screen, the, the fellow earlier. Mm-hmm. That everybody's going to leave this earth one day, honey. You're going to have to answer for what you do. Mm-hmm. Choose wisely. And you may even have to answer for it while you're on the earth. Yeah, I, I like right. that too. Right. Hey, Jeff, uh, what is the Catholic position on uh, contraception? And I, and I agree with that position, because right now, if you want to meet yourself a real, if you guys want to, even though you might not agree with him politically, one of the best books I ever read was The Death of the West by Patrick J. Buchanan. Because what's happening in Europe is they're committing suicide. The birth rate right now is 1.2 in Italy. If you want to see yourself a real live Italian, you better see one in the next 30 to 40 years. But you won't be able to find one. So, so you think that, they're committed okay. that in Germany right now? They're they're giving you a bonus, women a bonus to have a second child. In Russia, they're well, going to outlaw abortion with... and all contraceptives because they're facing a situation where the population is essentially commit suicide. Don't kill twenty million people. 
Wow. The so Jeff, Jeff, women are going to kill 50 million of their population that they don't have more children. Jeff, I have to clarify and, something and with you. That? I have to clarify something with you. So you agree that people should not have access to contraception because the population yes. is dwindling. Well, what do you think? Is... I, I agree with it. What the Catholic Church has preached even back in '68. What do you think is going to happen? That... I mean, especially to, I mean, to anyone. Don't you think that a woman should be able to control? Um, with safe and free access to contraception when she has I've a child? Believed, ma'am, when I believe, I've, I've had three children. Mm-hmm. And when the, when I held them in my arm the first time, but I always tell all my, my told both my daughters and my son, when, when they were wondering if they were making mistakes in life, I said, the only gift that God gives all of us is love. That's the only gift to give. Hey, Je- and hey Jeff. And when you have children, that is a gift that God gives all of us. And I don't think that should be good. That should be something that, that's sprung upon by God. The more children you have, then the more the God has blessed you. Well, you know, Jeff, I was in agreement right with you until you said that the you know more children is necessarily a good thing because some, some people would like to have a choice about when they have children. You know, maybe they want to be in a position in their life where they're ready to have a child and can support the child financially. And so I, I, I don't have any problem I, with I mean, contraception. I you argue your position with the Japanese people. Within 11 years, 12 years, the average age of Japanese will be 50 years of age. Well, I'm just Jeff, curious. Jeff, thank you for the call. we got to move on. We do appreciate it. I was in agreement with him to a certain point, but what yeah. was on your mind, Jason? I'm, I'm just curious what Jeff would have done with people that want to buy contraception. I'm yeah, kind of curious, too. You know, it seemed like he didn't want to restrict access to it by law, but uh, we'll talk more about this when we return. This is Free Talk Live. More about contraception coming up. The first secret to success is recognizing opportunity. The second is to act on it. But how do you gain the skills to know how and when? AllSuccessClub.com Meet successful individuals online and in exotic locations around the world. Find out from the rich and famous how they went from rags to riches and learn how to achieve financial independence for yourself. Your path to success begins now at AllSuccessClub.com Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. We're starting off the final segment here on the show tonight. I'm Stephanie. I'm Derek J. And I'm Jason. And you know, gentlemen, I think we're going to run tight on time at the end of the show. So just want to definitely thank you both for coming in with me tonight. It's been a real blast. And we've had a really interesting show talking about a a lot of root striking issues like roads and government licenses and all the things they want you to do in order to have freedom of movement, which is generally considered a basic human right. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there are lots of restrictions on that. Really cutting right to the heart of self-ownership here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So before the sh- before we run out of time, I do have to let you know about something interesting. It's called the Dragon Claw. And I guess it's some kind of an air rifle that shoots fifty caliber somethings and is powerful enough to bring down a deer. Fifty caliber dragon claws shoots out. Uh, yes, That'd exactly. Awesome. That's it. Uh, it's a powerful <laughs> rifle, but it's not a firearm. You can buy it online, have it shipped to you, and have no trouble from the government. Go to pyramidair.com. That's p y r a m y d a i r dot com. 
the purveyors of this rifle. Uh, they sell small bore and big bore air guns suitable for medium and large game. Their experts can help you find the best air gun for your needs right over the phone. You can get 10% off or free shipping, whichever is more, with coupon code FTL11. So go to Pyramid Air and check them out. It looks pretty cool. Gentlemen, we had an interesting call at the end of the last segment from Roman Catholic gentleman who we, we thought, I guess, at the beginning of the call would be uh, staunchly pro-life and anti-abortion. And uh, he said he didn't want to outlaw it, which I was surprised and heartened to hear. But then he went on and said that, you know, he had some opinions about contraception and was, was anti-contraception because the population is dwindling in developed countries. And- his, his underlying principle, though, seemed to be that virtue leads. Yeah. And so he, he was uh, hoping to set a good example rather than inflict punishment on someone. It sounded like he was saying it was more effective. Oh, I kind of disagree with that. I mean, I think he was sort of saying that you would be judged and go to hell if you did something bad. But I mean, he wasn't. That's a, that's he, he was I saying God considered. was going to inflict that upon people and not, not him. But, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I am a person who is not religious, but is interested in, in contraception as a, as a feminist, I guess you could say. And, and uh, and has been, you know, trying to learn about it throughout my life. And, you know, what I think is that uh, contraception is actually the solution to the problem of abortion. And the reason that there are so many unintended pregnancies is because people are ignorant about how one gets pregnant and how to prevent unwanted pregnancies. Well, that's why I brought it up. Yeah. Because um, the yeah. Catholic Church has uh, two positions. Uh, one is that uh, outlaw, uh, abortion should be outlawed and that uh, contraception should not be available on demand. But, and that nobody should have sex, right? Well, that's the underlying <laughs> thing, right, exactly. Yeah. And so, but if you had more contraception, um, then I think you would see fewer abortions. So they're kind of working against uh, its, its own policies there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have to share this statistic. This is, this is staggering to me. And so I'm a medical student, and what I learned in medical school and then later corroborated by reading some other things was that uh, according to data from about 10 years ago, if you ask people, uh, it well, first of all, half of all pregnancies are unplanned in the U.S. Wow. And that's of all women of all ages, you know, uh, all socioeconomic status, half of all pregnancies are unplanned. When you look at those people who have unplanned pregnancies and you ask them, were you using any form of contraception, half of those we're not using any form of contraception. Oh, wow. So what did they think was going to happen? Right. I and mean, that's, that's a higher <laughs> proportion than the U.S. has Catholics. So it, it couldn't just be <laughs> <Right>. that <laughs> it's it could just, just be that the they have a moral Catholic. opposition to it. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, it, they are just uh, they must be ignorant of <laughs> how the whole system works. I, don't <laughs> yeah. know. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating topic. And, you know, maybe we'll get into it more on a future show. It's something that that's interested me a lot, you know, just for various reasons. But I think it kind of touches on um, the fear that that people have of even talking about sex at all. And that it will cause kids to start doing it in the streets and everything if they have access to information that could help keep them safe and healthy, you know, viewing it as a sin rather than something that's a natural part of humanity and being a human being and and just being generally squeamish about the whole topic. So I think um, a little bit more open-mindedness and uh, some education, uh, some ideas can set us free on this one, you know, and and, and knowing about contraception and how to prevent uh, pregnancy can really go a long way towards solving the problem of uh, abortions. Because that's, man, that's a difficult choice to have to make. Mm -hmm, I, I would never wish that on anyone to be in a situation where they're having to choose between 
you know, ending a pregnancy or continuing one that they, they may not want, you know? Yeah. I would much rather people use contraception um, and even the morning after pill, things like that, mm-hmm. to avoid an unwanted pregnancy. Because yeah. I, cause I, I, I don't like abortion at all. I can't imagine pe- uh, people that do like that. So I would like to reduce the number of abortions. Yeah, that's uh, abortions. the thing. Nobody wants to have an abortion, you know? Uh, I think there are a lot of people who have this attitude like, oh, women are just getting them like water. You know, it's they use it as birth control. But no. No that's way. That's not it's a horrible procedure. Yeah. I mean, would you want to have someone scrape out the inside of your uterus if you had one? I just think about that. I mean, nobody wants to have to make that choice. It's always incredibly emotionally horrifying. And, you know, I, I, I think it really shows a lack of empathy when people just say that, oh, these women are just they're just sinners. You know, they're they're just aborting babies left and right. No, it's a tough choice. It's a personal thing. And it's really painful to have to go through that. So let's have some compassion and let's try some education. <laughs> right. And I, I think the Roman Catholic Church, or I'm sorry, the Catholic Church is doing a disservice by uh, trying to uh, persuade people not to use birth, con- birth control. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it, it really gets my blood boiling. At least the Catholics are just using persuasion to get people to uh, stop using uh, birth control or have their way. But it really makes my blood boil when people in the government want to actually inflict force onto people uh, in order to co-opt their choices. The, you know, mm-hmm. these women are, are put into this horrible situation where they they have this choice to make. But uh, here's the government here to help you by ma- taking away choices and I would uh, I would actually giving you your future. Somewhat disagree with that. I think that the the tactics that the Catholics use are do have elements of force, even if they're not overtly forceful like the government. I think that they do use psychological force for sure. I mean, they tell women that they're going to hell and that they should defer to their husband and all kinds of stuff like that. And I certainly right. so don't agree threats. with scaring people or threatening them into, you know wanting to ignore a natural part of their humanity. You're right. I hadn't considered the uh, eternal threat of of hell. Yeah. (laughs) That's a pretty big one. That's almost worse than jail, right? If you you believe it, assuming you think it's true, which... Right. Yeah, very skeptical about that. Hell hell is always in the back of my mind. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I believe you, but that's okay. And by the way, I'm not trying to get too graphic here, but... There are always alternatives to uh, sex acts that could get one pregnant that people can do. And, you know, educate yourself about STIs and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, uh, there's a world of information on the Internet. Please use it and stay safe. You're here. <laughs> Let's go to the calls. We've got Kelvin in Colorado on the line. Kelvin, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hey, Kelvin. All right. What's going on today? Hey, uh- Hey, uh, Derek, Jason, and Stephanie. Uh, what is an STI, by the way? An STI is a sexually transmitted infection, and it's kind of an alternative to saying STD or sexually transmitted disease because uh, oh, okay. disease kind of has this connotation of like, oh, you're tainted forever, you have a disease. But uh, infection is a little bit uh, friendlier term, I guess you could say. Oh, okay. I never heard that one. Uh, so, uh, being a medical student uh, and a uh, someone with a libertarian-oriented philosophy, I wanted to ask you about something that I've always felt uh, uh, concerning and uh, offensive. Sure. Uh, I've noticed that in uh, uh, medical-type settings like doctors' offices and hospitals, uh, the environment is seems like it's very uh, psychologically engineered to disempower the uh, customer or patients where, you know, they make you uh, dress in these gowns that are 
know, you feel like you're naked in them, and they try to, uh, uh, you know, you feel almost in, you feel intimidated and uh, disempowered by the whole thing. And uh, I'm just wondering if it's always been this way, and if you have any ideas about how one might uh, reform this. Yeah. Or, well, we're, uh, Kelvin, we're yeah. short on time, but I, I want to respond to that real quickly. And, you know, I think it, it, I'm really sorry to hear that you feel disempowered and intimidated because I think a doctor should work for a patient, right? And mm-hmm. their job should be to make them comfortable, right? It shouldn't be like, oh, haha, we can touch you anywhere and you have nothing to say about it. We're not going to tell you why we're doing anything. And, you know, Kelvin, you're, you're right. There is this element of authoritarianism in healthcare. And there's even this language that goes along with it. Like, if a patient doesn't take a medication that a doctor prescribes for whatever reason, maybe it has bad side effects or they just don't like it or they can't afford it. We say that the patient is non-compliant. They're not complying mm. with our orders. So I, I really, I really hate this and I've been trying to change it. I refuse to say that terminology. But I think there's a long way to go. And I think it's largely because the government is so in bed with healthcare and right. they're paying for nearly all of it. We're out of time. Kelvin, thanks for the call. Stick around for Pork Therapy. This has been Free Talk Live. FreeTalkLive.com in the meantime. And now it's time for the Leadership Radio Minute with tips and advice on how to maximize your own leadership potential. Here's international leadership expert and New York Times bestselling author John C. Maxwell. Leaders never just arrive at a level of leadership with everyone in their world. As leaders, we are on a different level with each individual. If you're a leader, some people only acknowledge your position or title, which is the lowest level of leadership. As you develop relationships with people, they give you permission to lead on a more personal level. As you help individuals become part of a productive team and you help that team to win, your leadership goes to another level. And if you develop someone, you gain even more leadership credibility. If you want to improve your leadership, start by improving your relationships with people. You will be amazed by how much it will help you, the people you lead, and your organization. For the Leadership Radio Minute, I'm John C. Maxwell. For more information on how to maximize your own leadership potential, please visit johnmaxwell.com. True leadership isn't a matter of having a certain job or title. In fact, being chosen for a position is only the first of the five levels every effective leader achieves. In his new book, The Five Levels of Leadership, leadership expert and New York Times bestselling author John C. Maxwell helps you to become more than the boss people follow only because they're required to. He gives advice on how to grow further, achieve results, and build a team that produces. The Five Levels of Leadership, the newest book from John C. Maxwell, is available wherever books are sold. 